This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast. I am Craig. Chris, welcome back. Good to be here. And today we are talking for episode 15. We're talking about DOT regs, drug and alcohol compliance. Uh, ooh, I spoke too soon in the last episode when I said this is something I was excited to talk about. <laughs> Why are you so excited about drugs, Craig? <laughs> I, so yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's... That's never happened before. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that is what we're going to be getting to, but I do want to briefly peel the curtain back once more uh, and say that uh, this is an episode that we're filming, filming, hello, recording. This is an episode that we are recording well ahead of schedule because you've got something big coming up. Yeah, I do. I'm, I think I mentioned in the past that I'm in the, the Army National Guard and I have my two-week annual training coming up. So yeah, we've had to record a couple episodes kind of back to back and uh i'm gonna be off the road and off the grid for a couple of weeks so what do you do in the in those trainings like what's your role um right now i am a battalion executive officer sounds fancy but it not really sounds incredibly fancy yeah so i uh am kind of the uh I, I guess the best way to put it would be something like a chief operating officer for battalion okay i uh i, I try to make things easier for the boss Keep uh, keep everything organized keep, for the guy who has to make the decisions. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, that sounds like my nightmare. Yeah, it's it's not my most favorite job in the military. That's for sure. <laughs> not, not what I think I'm best at. And so, because of this, and you're going to be out for a little while, uh, and we're recording this in advance, we're not able to declare who the winner of the last contest was, unfortunately. But I'm sure that you know what's coming up uh, after people will have listened to this episode, right? Yeah. So I I can't really. Um, say who the winner of the contest is, but I can tell you what the next contest is going to be. So when this, when this podcast app actually launches, the uh, thing that you're going to have to do is like the rest of the contest, go to the Holland Assets Facebook page. And um, all you need to do is post what you're hauling. And a picture would be great. You know, not, you know, so you flat bettors out there that haul some really crazy things. They, uh, they should have some good pictures. I love uh, driving down the road and seeing like the giant windmill propellers. Yeah. Uh, those are cool. It, it is it is crazy how many of those you see. I, I was just thinking about that the other day. I, I literally, when I'm driving, you know, like especially on I-80, my last trip coming out of Portland, and they must they must ship them up there, and they they come in because I, literally, I bet I bet every hour I'm passing one of those going in the opposite direction, at least one. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. Those are long. Well, let me ask you this as well, because it's not just about the contest winners. I'm sure that our listeners care mostly about that, but. This also is going to affect uh, your month, yeah. You know your it, bottom line because you can't is. be out on the road. Absolutely, it, it's it's going to affect August. I mean, I'm I'm really only going to be able to run for about half of the month, and so it, it's going to make a tight month, which which will be good and interesting. You know, I, I think there will be a lot of uh, things that you can apply it to. I mean, you know, what happens if a guy 
um, if, if your engine blows and you have to replace the engine and you're sat down for two weeks, how does that affect the profitability? So, or what or, happens if you want to take a dang vacation or every a, once or, in a while? Yeah, a, a big, long two-week vacation. You know, how does that affect things? And so, you know, we'll be able to see that. I'm not going to change the financials in any way. We're just going to see what happens. Chris, do you ever take vacations? I do some. Yeah, I try yeah. to. Okay. I uh, like the hesitancy in your voice on that. <laughs> so I'm going to take that as a no. I, I, no, I, I do. Especially the last <laughs> few years, I've been taking them a little bit more. But, you know, when I first started, when when um, my dad and I bought our first business, Progressive Reporting Agency, I probably didn't take much of a vacation for several years. But, right. uh, you know, uh, that's kind of the nice thing about a business is as you grow it and you, you get a little bit better, you, you should if you do it right. You know, trucking is the same way. You should be able to... Uh, make it so that you can take a vacation. Well, before we get started talking about drugs, uh, <laughs> I, anything else that uh, of interest with this uh, army thing? I guess I'm just kind of curious, not even from a, a business perspective, but so you know, what are you going to end up doing for a couple of weeks, or where are you going to go? Um, our so the annual training this year is is here close um, in uh, Camp Williams, which is uh, the kind of the main training post for uh the the utah army national guard then also at, at out at dugway we're going to kind of have our units spread all over the place and and just doing kind of a, a war exercise scenario type thing and and uh practice running a battalion one more thing before our subject uh anything interesting out on the road these days um it, interesting to me so that one of the um well I, actually let me take a step back so Back to my military days, when I I'm a, I'm an engineer in the military, so a lot of my training has been at Fort Leonard Wood, which is where most of the engineer type things happen. And um, so when I was back there, I Missouri, especially the, around the Lake of the Ozarks area where where I was, has a lot of really big caverns and caves, and some of them are just huge, and like the, they take you tours in them on jeeps and vehicles. And so this last load that I was delivering. I delivered actually to an underground cold storage facility in Missouri where they they actually, you, you go up there, you drop your trailer, and they take the trailer inside of the mountain, unload it, and then, and then bring, bring it back trailer out back. to you. This yeah. sounds very like uh, Dr. Evil kind of, right. uh, you know, my underground Maybe I was hauling lair. something I didn't know what I was really hauling. You know, they said <laughs> it was frozen pineapples, but, you know, but who, who knows? knows? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, okay, should we talk about drugs? Let's talk about drugs. Let's talk about drugs. Oh, okay. We just got flagged by the FBI. I heard it happen in real time. Uh, okay. So <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit about what we're talking about today. Let's set, set this up for me, Chris. We're going to talk, we are going to talk about drugs and we're going to talk about compliance things. And uh, so we, we brought another expert in today. Um, we've got Mercedes in our office, almost been with, uh, with us for um, eight years. Uh, and she is a compliance guru, a genius, just um, a sponge is one of those kind of people that can read through a regulation that you or I would read through and be like, ah, that makes my brain hurt. And she'll just absorb all the information and be able to, you know, talk about it in a, in a manner that the rest of us can understand. Well, we're going to put that to the test. Welcome Mercedes. Thank you. So again, let's set the scene here. What sort of questions are we going to be asking of Mercedes? Today? So, so what we're really going to kind of try to focus in on, what are those last minute things that you've got to do to be in compliance with the DOT regulations before you hit the road, that, that compliance type stuff. Some of the compliance things can happen after you get on the road, but there are some of them that have to happen before you actually even start rolling. And that's what we're really going to focus on. Okay. So one last time, let's talk about drugs. 
Um, so don't do them. Th- that's it, right? We've we've said all we need to say about drugs. Don't do them. We can move on. Thanks for listening to the Holland Assets <laughs> podcast. This has been fantastic. What a great episode, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, why? If it were only that easy. Okay, so all right, go on, Chris. Talk about drugs. All right, so we've got Mercedes here. Going to talk about drugs um, and, and then alcohol requirements. That's kind of the step one on the compliance thing. So, you know, first and foremost, Mercedes, what do you really need to do to follow the DOT's drug and alcohol requirements? The first thing you want to have in place is a written drug and alcohol policy that each of your drivers has read and signed. Each of your CDL drivers. It's not required for non-CDL drivers. Okay. Okay, so that that kind of sounds like long and complicated. Is is it? No, it, there's there are uh, 12 requirements written in the regulations that need to be in the policy, and it's usually only a few pages long. All right, so like you take, for example, when one of our clients signs up for our drug and alcohol program, they get, uh, you know, they get that drug and alcohol policies kind of all included with it, so it, it makes it simple. So as complicated as some of this compliance stuff is, you know, we can make it pretty easy. You know, if you had to go out and create your own drug and alcohol policy and write it all up and and do all that kind of stuff, it it would make your brain hurt. But for a pretty reasonable price, you know, whether it's through us or somebody else, I mean, you can get all those kind of things taken care of. Right. It'd be expensive to go to a lawyer and have them help you draft that on your own, right? Yeah. um, Personalized. You'd probably exceed what we, what we charge in less than an hour working with an attorney to do it. So Mercedes, besides a, um, drug and alcohol policy, what else do they need? You want to make sure that each driver has taken a pre-employment drug test and that you have the negative results on file before you dispatch them for the first time. Okay. So what if they, let's, let's say they went and applied to work at another, um, motor carrier and decided not to work for them and can show you their, that guy's, uh, negative test result. Will that work? Unfortunately, no. You want it to be in your own company name. Why is that? Is that just a like a legal requirement? Yep, it's just to show that your company is compliant. It's linked to your company, uh, your DOT number. You're covering you're covering your own ass. Yeah, exactly. Not that guy. <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. Not necessarily. Both asses. Yes. <laughs> that, that's important. So, um, you know, once you get those results back and they come back clean, what happens at at that point? So, your drivers will be entered into a random. DOT uh, testing program. It's also called a consortium. And it's basically a pool of drivers that get randomly selected for drug and alcohol tests. And how many, I I know this is kind of a a little bit of a hot topic, but what percentage of drivers have to get tested in that pool? Currently, the the rate is 25% for drugs and 10% for, for alcohol per year. That can change. The FMCSA actually sends out, um, questionnaires to companies, random companies every year, and they kind of collect the the numbers on how many positive tests there were and how many negative tests they were to determine whether that percentage, that 25 and 10% is still good for them to use or if they need to up it. Um, so it's been at that rate for the past few years now, three or four years. Okay. So it, it can change, but currently mm-hmm. it's at 25 and 10 um, So l- let's talk a little bit about, I, I know there's some kind of requirement where you have to get... Um, you know, if, if they've been a CDL driver for somebody else in the past, like in a certain number of years, you have to get some information from their previous employer too, right? Yes. Um, yeah. If your driver has had any other DOT regulated job within the past three years, you want to send an inquiry to their previous employer 
asking them about their safety performance history, whether they ever failed a drug or an alcohol test, and if so, did they complete the required follow-ups? So I, I hate this kind of thing where you have to send something out. You're, you're, you're required to meet this government regulation, but you're relying on somebody else, you know, another company to provide you that information. So um, what happens if, you know, you've, you've requested that information and they don't get it to you? Are you in trouble? No, you just have to have three documented attempts to show good faith effort on your part. It's not your fault if you don't get a response as long as you have those three documented attempts. But one thing that's going to help um, or help this problem in general is that the FMCSA is coming out with a clearinghouse that will be effective in January where people will actually be able to log in and run inquiries on their prospective drivers to see if they've had any um, any positives or anything like that reported to the FMCSA. This is going to be a brand new program. So will they be able to make an inquiry into that clearinghouse instead of contacting the previous employer, it kind of takes that requirement away? That's the idea, yeah, but it's going to take the three years for it to catch up because anything that happened before the implementation of the clearinghouse doesn't need to be reported to it. So if you're hiring a driver in January, you're still going to need to do the normal paper inquiries because there's not going to be anything in the clearinghouse to okay. see. So so let's go back to the paper inquiries. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that you have to have three documented attempts how are, does that mean you try to call them on the phone and then say hey i wasn't able to get a hold of them or what what, what constitutes a attempt yeah a phone call is okay it's um, better to have something in writing i always recommend sending an email and printing off a copy of the email or if you send a fax make sure you get the fax confirmation a phone call is okay if you're really diligent in making notes at dates and times of when you tried to call but it's better to have something in writing Okay, good. You know, again, this kind of seems like, you know, obviously it's a little bit of work and it, it's somewhat complicated, but, you know, Tyler and I talked about, and I think it was episode three, when we were talking about getting your motor carrier authority, we talked a little bit about um, motor carrier HQ's audit assistance package. And that package provides the forms that you need to send out, um, kind of what exactly you need to ask for and how to do it. So it kind of makes that process pretty simple, right? Yes. Let me jump in if I could and ask this question. So, you guys are talking about when you hire an employee, the employer has to have this documentation that you can submit to the DOT. But, you know, we're talking about starting your own company. And, you know, if I'm an owner operator with a single truck, uh, I don't have any employees, you know. So how does this apply to me in that case? You treat yourself as if you're your own employee. Basically, you drug test yourself. You do an inquiry for yourself as if it, as if you were a hired driver. Okay, so, so you can go through kind of this the same process that mm -hmm. you would otherwise. Yep, yeah, it, exactly. it doesn't really change anything, right? You still have to go and request that information from your previous employer and show that you've got it. And yeah, kind of right. kind of crazy. Yeah, so yeah, not a lot of people are going to be in your situation, right, Chris? Where most guys who are doing the owner operator thing are going to have that history. Yeah, so they're going to have to reach out and okay. figure it out. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Very good. So um, another thing that's kind of important to keep with that, when, when you're talking about, you know, people's previous employment history, um, potential drug history, um, things like that, you're, you're getting their medical card, health information, all that stuff's kind of confidential information, right, Mercedes? There's some requirements tied to that, correct? Yes, definitely. It's written in the regulations. It needs to be kept in a secure location where only authorized people who need it can access it. So locked filing cabinet in the yeah. boss's office? Yes, That's, definitely. That could be Don't good just enough. leave it laying out anywhere. Gotcha. Okay, good. Well, is, is there anything else that people really need to consider when it comes to the drug and alcohol? 
One thing I think is really important right now um, that's a big issue is um, medical marijuana and um, state initiatives to legalize marijuana. It is still federally not allowed, and it's really confusing and misleading to drivers um, because they think if they have a prescription for it or something that it's okay, but it will still be reported as a positive on a DOT test, and it it will get you in trouble um, in an audit. And so you want to be really careful of that, that it's still federally not allowed. So just because I travel to Colorado and I want to smoke a doobie, and did I you do just smoke did you just use the word doobie? I did. Yeah. What year were you born, Chris? <laughs> About the same time as uh, as the as, Doobie Brothers. The, yeah, that or um, Tommy Boy came out <laughs> when I was living in my van down by the river. <laughs> I couldn't let that go. All right, I've said my piece. And even um, another thing to go along with that is even CBD oil. Um, a lot of people are using that, but it's not guaranteed to not have any THC in it. So you can still test positive just with CBD oil, and it's really iffy. You want to really be careful. So I, th- I think the point is, is that if you're if you're going to have a CDL, you just you just basically have to stay away from that stuff. You exactly. got to you know it doesn't matter if you're in Colorado and it's legal in Colorado, it's not legally federally, and these are all federal regulations, and you just plain can't do it. Right. Well, that's. Depressing for some people, I'm sure. So let's talk a little bit about some of the other compliance things that need to happen before hitting the road. What, what, what's something else? Uh, you definitely want to have a driver qualification file built for yourself or your drivers. Um, some things that go along with that are having an application for employment, a copy of your CDL, and your a medical certificate. Okay, a dr- Driver qualification files kind of they're pretty involved. That's probably the thickest piece of our, our uh, audit assurance package is, is putting that driver qualification file together. And it's something that needs to be done before you actually hit the road. Um, we could probably spend an entire episode on driver qualification files and maybe at some point we will, but that's just kind of the basics. They need to have it. It's going to have an employment application. That audit assistance package has all that paperwork with it so that you can kind of gather it in a relatively easy manner. Right. Yep. It's all listed on the um, outside of the folders, each item that you need in there. Okay. All right. So is there any other kind of big compliance item that absolutely has to happen before um, a company starts operations? Um, From this point, I mean, you still have some time to get your audit files completely built. You should have a good chunk of them done. Um, You want to keep your paperwork organized from the beginning, definitely. Um, but I have made a list of all the paperwork and safety or emergency equipment that drivers want to carry in the cab with them the first time they hit out or they head out on the road. Um, and then also a list of what decals you need to make sure you have on the truck to not get in trouble. Okay. Awesome. That's a, that's going to be a huge resource. So we'll post that, um, either in the show notes or on motor carrier HQ's website. We'll have all that, that list of information that they need to have, make sure, um, before you hit the road, you look over that and you can check all the boxes. Yeah. And uh, uh, even if it is on that other website, they can still go to the show notes. I'm sure we'll link, we'll link to, to it. it. Yeah, yeah for either sure. way, you can check that out. HollandAssetsLLC.com. Okay. Well, I, I think that's kind of all I've got. Anything else, Mercedes, before we wrap it up? I think that covers it. Okay. What about you, Craig? Do you have anything about drugs that you feel like you need to add? You know, yeah, I just, I have things I need to get off my chest or out of my chest. <laughs> Is this the confessional? Do we need to go get a priest? <laughs> I'm just, let's just say it's a good thing I'm not, not out on the road right now, Chris. 
<laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I, that was a joke. Uh, Do I need to go? I feel like I need to go, like, dime you out to the police. <laughs> They're just down the road. That's true. I do live very close to the police. So let me see what I've absorbed. Uh, we Okay, we joked a lot and we talked a lot about uh, the drug testing and having that documentation in hand. But then you also talked about the driver qualification report. Uh, were there any file, other... driver qualification Sorry, file. the file. Yep. Yes, okay. Well, I'm getting there. Close. It's a... Uh, at you haven't I, messed up with gas. This I was episode, just going to so. say, at least I didn't call it the driver <laughs> qualification gas. Uh, okay, so we've got those. What was the other big one? I feel like there was one other one that we talked about. Was it MVR? Did well, we talk about that? We, we may have mentioned that. It's one of the things that needs to be in the, oh, okay, the all right, driver sorry. qualification file. Okay, maybe that just stuck in my head from a previous conversation. I don't know. Anyway, okay, so we've got all this stuff, and it's got to be ready to go once again kind of before we are able to hit the road. Uh, much like our our last episode, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay, very good. Well, we've I think we've set a new land speed record for the Holland Assets podcast, Chris. This may be our shortest one to date, um, but hey, that's cool. That's it's, good. It, yeah, you got to have some of them shorter than others. Yeah, this one isn't uh, isn't so complicated. It's just uh, you know, hey, kids, don't do drugs and uh, pass that test so you can get out there on the road. Yeah, it, it it is a short one, but it's it's actually a really important, critical one. You know, especially that drug and alcohol piece. A lot of the time, that's one of the things that guys just neglect. They mm-hmm. don't do, and the last thing you want to have happen when you show up for when you're DOT auditor shows up for that initial intern audit that you're going to have sometime in that first year. The last thing you want to do is not have a drug and alcohol policies because it's one of the quickest things that's going to get you shut down. If if you're not doing the pre-employment drug test and you don't have your drivers in a pool and things like that, they will, that's going to be a big red mark on your audit. Right. And uh, as always, people can go get more details about this. Check out the full show notes at Holland Assets LLC. Uh, we'll have resources there. If they are elsewhere, we'll link to those so that you can get all the information you need uh, on this kind of compliance issue that we're talking about today. So make sure you visit hollandassetsllc.com. Also, check out the Facebook page. Make sure you're following us there. Yeah, that's where the contest stuff is. That's the important piece. That's the fun part. Well, good. So, Chris, I think we're good to cut and run then. And uh, what are we doing next time? Do we know the topic when you get back from your training? I'm 90% sure we're going to talk about ELDs, which actually should be the last thing that we really talk about before we actually start getting the operations. So after that, sometime in the very near future after that, we'll actually start going into some of the money, you know, what's happened money-wise in the first really three months of operations. That'll be really interesting. That should be good. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Mercedes, thank you for joining us and for your wealth of knowledge. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. Bye.